This is Chris Wolf, and you are listening to the PNG Podcast. Keep your limbs inside of the vehicle, and they will not be eaten. I'm kidding. We'll all be eaten one day. is a special crossover episode of This Filipino American Life and... The Pencil Neck Geeks Podcast. What? <laughs> My name is Elaine, and we'll probably have an intro before, because um, <laughs> I'm going to cut it in later. <laughs> and then, but who is the one that said Pencil Neck Geeks? Uh, I'm Berto, host, or one of the hosts of the Pencil Neck Geeks Podcast. And who else is here? I'm Justin, also part of the Pencil Neck Geeks Podcast. Sweet. And then we have a special guest. And I'm Scott Lost. What? I'm going to do this ham horn and hopefully it gets through. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mike is not on mic, but he's here. Producer Mike is here. So you'll get, that's a ham horn. He took my job. I'm usually running There you sound, go. <laughs> He, he's got and the we fancy are excited. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> we're excited because we're at where, Berto? San Diego Comic Con 2019. I put away my phone. <laughs> it's funnier that way. <laughs> and um, we're here to talk comics, Filipino American stuff, and wrestling. What? <laughs> yeah. So. Scott, how I know, many? I know about both of these you things. You know both, so both of these things. good thing I'm here. I know, right? That's <laughs> Tailor perfect. made for this show. <laughs> um, so, who has the first question? Tag your it, Berto. Um, maybe not a question. <laughs> I was just telling Justin uh, off mic how it's interesting how we got here because uh, I think it was two years ago at Comic-Con, all my friends were, like, they got into a sci-fi party and they were all texting me, where are you, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm at a panel. I'm like, and I want to stick around for this panel and that panel was the strange uh, bedfellows oh okay right it was on. about uh, wrestling and comics and scott was on that panel and that's when i was like oh i know scott as a wrestler i i literally found out that day that you were doing comics oh right and like two years <laughs> I later the word didn't get out as well as i thought it did uh, when i when i retired from wrestling i i, I swore i made that very <laughs> hey guys i'm gonna draw comic books now so keep paying attention to me please <laughs> <laughs> i need that crossover well, it'll work. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, Birdo has been my mantar. That's what I've been saying in terms of <laughs> learning about relearning wrestling because I fell out of it and then came back. So is, then, is the mantar? Is that the one with the the buffalo head and yeah. the lower body? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because I, I always get the centaur is the opposite, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I used to say mentor, or and then, but Birdo was like, mentor is a lot better. Like. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Wrestling nerd. <laughs> that that panel that you went to, the, yeah. the Not So Strange Bedfellows, I'm so happy that they adjusted that time because it was the worst. Like, oh, yeah, it was yeah, late in the evening. Late in the evening yeah. on, on Saturday, right? Yeah. And it's just like that's – Saturday is the party night. That's the night <laughs> after yeah. the convention that everyone goes around and, and like, like mingles. That's yeah. how you meet 
people in the industry. It's yeah. like you go out and you drink with them. And, and so, yeah, I was just, I was one year away of saying, I'm not doing this panel anymore. I have to go try to like make some connects. Like it's cool. It's cool to do the panel, but this is the, the time frame was like eight to nine. It's just like, Oh, that's super inconvenient. Yeah. Um, but then we, this year we did it again and we got a, uh, um, one o'clock, one yeah. o'clock time frame. So that was great. You know what's funny is I missed it this year because I thought it was going to be in the evening again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We had a good turnout. Uh, yeah, it went, it went pretty well actually. Yeah. Who else was on that panel? Uh, kind of the same people. There mm. was there was a, a promoter uh, from the Midwest somewhere, and so he was kind of the only one that was different. Um, and the the guy that uh, normally does does the moderating he was out josh josh was out yeah um so we kind of we kind of talked about some of the same stuff we changed up a little bit um so i kind of want to talk to them next year yeah we do it again next year i want to i want to do a little bit of uh different different questions because it's like kind of the same questions and and i'll just go off book i'll I'll start talking about something else just to change change the subject it's like we we talk about this all the time i know it's not necessarily the same people going to these panels but it's good to change up the questions yeah i think it's interesting that you know, uh, you kind of in the past you would not really associate wrestling with comic books, but you know, like during the Attitude Era, people would say wrestling was uh, like soap opera for men. You know, that's that's so weird because I always associated comics and wrestling, yeah. but it was like, uh, and I found it's more what you were saying. Um, like when I was when I was wrestling, I would talk about my comic stuff, and I actually put some comic art out one day at a show. I'm like, I want to see how this does because like wrestling fans are comic fans, right? Yeah. No, it isn't. But you you find a lot of comic fans that are wrestling fans. I'm like, wait, it's that's the same thing. Like, how come it's not <laughs> translating? But a lot of the people that go to the shows, they're I don't know, they're not necessarily comic book fans. Those are the hardcore wrestling fans. So yeah. maybe the ones that are comic and wrestling fans, those are the ones that just kind of watch it from yeah. home or whatever. Yeah. It's strange because I've I always felt wrestling is like a live action comic book every week. That, that yeah. is actually what the we were saying a lot on the yeah. panel was yeah. like, well, that's, that's the thing. The commonality is comic books are buff dudes in tights, or buff people <laughs> in tights, men and women in tights, and that's what wrestling is. Yeah, it's totally. buff people in tights and... Uh, yeah, so that was a really common thread going through the podcast yeah. or the podcast, <laughs> the uh, panel. Yeah, yeah, and like Chikara, that one promotion, like isn't isn't their Chikara. whole theme like there's each season is like a different superhero or like series, right? Yeah, even yeah. a lot of their uh, advertisements, a lot of their their flyers, mm-hmm. they were always kind of like wrestling themed, or they would do, even do like homages to yeah. classic covers and stuff, and they would redo it with their their wrestlers. Oh. That was a, it was a fun fed. That was a real fun fed. I wrestled for them, I think, once or twice. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. They're yeah. based in the East Coast, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mike Quackenbush uh, runs it. I think he still runs it. Yeah. I believe so. At least according to a YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, you start now, you see a lot of, uh, like, comic book themed gear on wrestlers. Yeah. Oh, like. There's a crossover here. Definitely yeah, a lot of the wrestlers yeah. are are comic book fans. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's the thing is, uh, like Chris Daniels was he's like guy <laughs> I would talk to about comics a lot. Like he's he's completely in it, which is super cool. So he had which was it? Well, like there was a wrestling show where he had like a comic book like on his gear. I think it was when he wrestled. Um, the Arrow when he wrestled wrestled Stephen Amell. Amell. Oh, okay. He had like a comic book on his pants, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And I, I can't remember, but I'm like, 
that's only somebody who's super into comics yeah. would do. <laughs> like, why else would you do that? Yeah, for sure. Literally wrestled Green Arrow. That's only. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I heard you downstairs talk about that uh, you created your comics with Filipino American characters because you didn't see them in comics growing up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, that's that's something I I feel really strong about. Um, like growing up, like Filipino American, uh, I'm I'm Filipino and white, but uh, my parents got divorced at a young age. So this is going to, uh, uh, but my mom got remarried to a, a Filipino guy. So I grew up in a Filipino household. Like that's mm-hmm. all I know. So, um, uh, reading comics and stuff, I'm like, oh, do, is there any Filipino characters? And like, oh no, there isn't. Oh, there are like people go, oh, there's like Sunfire and all. He's not Filipino. <laughs> and so you would kind of get these characters like just being Asians like well okay so we'll just do Asian then and then so we'll have Sunfire and Jubilee uh, Silver Samurai I guess and I, I don't know so you just kind of like try to find who you can find yeah and that's super sad it's just like oh that sucks like and that that's not even a large amount of number like if you collect all of the Asian comics it's still not a lot of yeah. characters no, yeah and it's something I talked to uh, uh, about other, other people like uh, one of my studio mates uh, Rodney he always talks about black characters in comics, and I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't even want to hear it. I'm like, we got nothing, <laughs> you know. So uh, you have T'Challa. Yeah, <laughs> Leave man. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, so you got like some super good characters. Luke Cage is huge, you know. Yeah. Black Panther's huge, like, and uh, with the movie, like all those characters blow up, and that's that's also. I'll go down that rabbit hole in a second with the movies, uh, but yeah. So I always wanted to see Filipino representation in comics. Uh, there's so many creators that are in the field. And it's just kind of crazy to me that we have have no one. Yeah. Like the first inkling that we almost had one was Bishop. Uh, Wills Portacio created Bishop, and right before they were going to debut him, uh, the word is uh, edit- the editors were like, "No, make him black. We need a black character." Oh. So Bishop uh, would have been our first Filipino character back in the '90s, and he's so popular. Dang. Imagine <laughs> if Filipino Bishop was around in the '90s, how popular yeah. he would be. They, I mean, red. they could retcon that and make him half. Yeah, it would have been so good. <laughs> it would have been so good. Well, like how in Starship Troopers, like the Casper Van Dien's character, he's supposed to be Filipino. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, like in the book, he's Filipino. Oh. But like, and then Sweet. I didn't know the book, but I only knew the movie. And then I was like, oh, whatever, I'm not watching that. And then I heard that and yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back and watch it. And then I did it because I didn't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Was, go ahead. Oh, and then... um. Going into the the movie aspect of it, it's just like uh, there's no representation for Asians really in, in movies. Mm-hmm. It's like even the Mandarin wasn't Asian. It's like yeah. his name is Mandarin. Like how can you mess that up? Yeah. <laughs> and it's always you always hear. Well, we didn't want to offend anyone. We didn't want to stereotype anyone. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, in the comic books, he is very stereotypical. But I mean, everybody's clever. Like look at these Marvel movies. They made Mysterio work in Spider Man. Like yeah. he looks awesome. Like you can m- just shave the mandarin's head give him the goatee put a bunch of tattoos on him give him on the give him the rings put him in a suit he's the leader of a triad yeah he's the, yeah. you know what i mean like that's that's badass that's not yeah. you know like that's super cool triads exist like you know like that would be a very viable yeah. character and uh you know even the ancient one the ancient one is traditionally uh, yeah Asian. and then became like a celtic yeah <laughs> and i was like oh come on it's like you got the whitest white person like that lady <laughs> totally. is see-through tilda swinton <laughs> is so white yeah and and 
Like they did, they try to make it okay by saying, "Oh, well, it's like a title that's passed down." It's like, okay, well, could, could you have at least had it been an Asian woman? Yeah, you know, like if you didn't want to do the Asian man, okay, sure, D- do an Asian woman. What's wrong with that? You know, they have Buddhist like nuns. Like it could have worked. Those yeah. definitely could have. But again, they they fall back on the well. We didn't want to offend anyone. Okay, it's offensive that you're taking away any characters that we might have had that yeah. we could have rooted for. We got nothing. Yeah. Like I remember uh, being in the theater during rush hour two. And then Ernie Reyes Jr. came on the screen, yes. and my theater went insane. Like, they lost their minds. And uh, I was one of them. And then he just ran away. And, like, he didn't even fight or anything, and Ernie Reyes is a badass. Yeah. And so, like, but we were just psyched to have Ernie Reyes on the screen again, you know? It's just, like, stuff like that. It's, like, for Hollywood to say, well, that's not what people want. Which people? Who are you asking? You know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Asians, there's a large population of us here. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of like anytime you see any, a Filipino or Filipino-American in media, you're like, I got to watch it. I'm going to like, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> yep. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And like, I tried, I tried to not do that, but like, I can't help it. Like, I haven't seen myself on screen. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to watch whatever it is. And so like, Humberto was saying like, yeah, you know, Scott, like he was a part of PWG back in the day. I was like, so what? Yeah. I was like, let me go back to YouTube and watch everything on YouTube because <laughs> like, like that, that's like, that's really rad because I didn't have any of that growing up when I was into wrestling because when I was growing up, it was like, uh, Ravishing Rick Rude's really tan and brown, but I don't think he's <laughs> full of, you know. Well, that's why I love Ricky Steamboat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was my guy back in the day yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was the only one that kind of looked like me right. that wasn't a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> like a stereotypical bad guy. Shoot, I even liked the bad guys. I didn't care. <laughs> I love Pat Tanaka when he was in the Orient Express. Yeah. Oh, okay. he he, he's Hawaiian, right? I believe so, yeah. He's Japanese Hawaiian. Yeah. It still counts. So then, like, <laughs> and he do that. Um, I used to do, actually, this move he would do. It was like a no-look flying form that he would do. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, it turned in, kind of turned into a body block. But, like, he did it so amazing. Like, he wouldn't look. Like, he would kind of uh, kind of like shoot him off the ropes and they would duck his clothesline and he would just keep facing this way and they would be hitting uh-huh. the ropes behind him and at the last second he would turn and hit him with the flying form without looking he was just timing in his head I was like oh my god this guy is so cool he's yeah. a bad guy but I always thought that was amazing and um, for a while I was actually doing that like it was oh. I was like dude that's so badass no one does that stuff like yeah. and on the indies it, it's it's cannibalism everyone's stealing from each other on <laughs> yeah. the indies and I'm all, forget that. There's such a well of wrestling that people don't tap into. So when I was wrestling, I would always look at the old guys and see what they were doing that no one does. Um, like, I remember one time I stole a spot from Big Boss Man. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> Big Boss Man, oh, my God, he moves so fast. And he was so good for his size. I, I thought that when I was a kid. But, you know, as, as someone that was working, I was just like, let me go see who's doing what. Yeah. And so I was watching a Mr. Perfect boss man match. I was watching it for Mr. Perfect, but mm-hmm. I found myself watching Big Boss Man as well. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, that was such a crazy great spot for someone his size. It was like, um, I don't know how interesting explaining spots on podcasts are. Uh, for us, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a wrestling <laughs> show, so we're good. I'm like, it's a crossover. It's yeah. fine. Our okay. audience will just have to listen. <laughs> so there was a spot where it was like uh, Mr. Perfect shot Boss Man into the corner. Boss Man slid into the corner, got up, Perfect ran at him, Boss Man, uh, and threw a clothesline. Boss Man ducked, so Mr. Perfect ended in the turnbuckle. He was His back was in the turnbuckle. 
boss man ran at Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect went to kick him in the face. He lifted both of his legs up. Boss man slid under the ring at the same time Mr. Perfect lifted his legs up. And so Mr. Perfect, as soon as his feet landed, boss man tripped him and crotched him on the pole. I'm all, holy oh. shit, that was an amazing <laughs> spot. Yeah. And and he did, it was so fast for how big he was. And so I, I did that spot a few times. Like yeah. I was just like, it's so cool. And I just kind of used, I didn't necessarily use the crotch thing, but I used elements of it. Um, I used to do a swinging pole drop kick, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a 619 on the pole. And so I did that same spot, but instead of uh, pulling their legs out and crotching them, I pulled their legs out, uh, I pulled their body half out of the ring by their legs, and I spun them around so their head ended up on the ring apron, uh, hang, draped over the ring apron. At the same time as they were spinning, I swung around the pole. So they were swinging like this uh you people can't see it because we're on a podcast (laughs) but everyone here can so they would swing like this and i was swinging around the pole at the same time so i kicked them in the face in the face at the same time as they were swinging so it's just it's stuff like that that. i like when i was wrestling i would like to uh just try to think of old stuff and just try to modernize it or or think of something different that people weren't doing use the ring differently than than other people were using it is it crazy to you that now there's like a new class of filipino american wrestlers like tjp is out there lacey evans um dj z who his name changed when he went to nxt to joaquin wild sure whatever (laughs) uh shotzi blackheart's out there yeah and robbie eagles is filipino australian and jeff cobb falaba like there's all these people now yeah it's it's great i love that um tj's been around longer than i have tj was he started i think six months to a year i think he started a year before i did so he was super young when he started um just he's always been a prodigy he's always been amazing yeah um it's so strange we actually talk more now that i've retired Mm. than when i was working it's so strange um but then like you know, when he got into the WWE, he was just talking to me. He's just like, oh, man, I, I love your stuff. I wish you would come back, you know, try maybe try to get you a tryout or something. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm done, you know, but I'm, I'm happy you're doing it. And he goes, hey, man, I'm sorry I was such a dick uh, when, when, uh, <laughs> uh, when we were wrestling. Because he, he, he would, you know, once in a while he would, you know, be a dick. You know, he, he was aware of it. But he was... But, you know, a lot of times he was cool. It was just 50-50 with him sometimes. He goes, I was young, and, and you know, I saw everything as a competition. I felt like I was competing with everybody to get a job. And, and like, in, in a sense, yeah, you're right. That's that's what a lot of guys are doing. Uh, but you don't necessarily need to be a dick about it. But but he said he was young. so yeah. And I'm just like, whatever, man, it's all good. And so now we talk basketball a lot and, yeah. and whatever. So it's cool. <laughs> well, you live, you learn, right? Yeah, like, ex- you, exactly. You're young. And, like, especially if you're, like, if you're young in any industry, like, Here's a pension to be a dick, but you don't have to be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, am I allowed to cuss on here? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a cuss to me. So it's okay. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he's he's cool, and and you know, like I've done tons of stupid stuff when I was younger too. So yeah. it's like we get it. So when you retired, were you like, I'm done. My body's just like doesn't want to deal with this anymore. You know, uh, it's funny because in year, so I did it for ten years. Uh, at year eight and a half, I was done. I was like, oh, wow. I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. It's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. It stopped. Yeah. It stopped becoming. It stopped being fun, and it became work. And it's just like, why am I doing this again? Like, what? I don't even like doing this anymore. This is a job that I don't get paid well at. And um, so at eight and a half, I was just like, I think I'm gonna quit, but I think I'm gonna stop at ten years. 
because my family they were, they didn't want me to train at all. They didn't want me to do pro wrestling. And um, what Filipino family would right? Though, right? <laughs> so so yeah. So they didn't want me to do it at all. But I told them, look, give me ten years. If I don't, I'll be thirty, um, uh, and I could still do whatever else I want. And they're like, okay, they left me alone. And so at twenty eight, I was like, you know, let me stop at thirty and. and you know, if I can get something going in that year and a half, then cool. If not, then then whatever. And uh, I started drawing, uh, thinking the idea of drawing at that point again, because um, that's what I was doing when I was younger. I was mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I would train myself uh, to be a comic artist. I would draw a page a day, like in the summer. Wow. Uh, like I wouldn't let myself go outside and play during the summer until yeah. I drew a page a day, because I knew when, as a comic artist, you had to draw. Draw. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So going back to the wrestling thing. Um, so I. In that last uh, year and a half, I, I just started, I was like, I don't want to try to have the best match on the card anymore. Like, I'm tired of stressing about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, like okay, I want to have the, I want people to go like, oh, that match was like the best. That was the best undercard match. Like, that was the main, but that should have been, you know, Scott's match should have been the main. That's what my thought process always was. In the last year and a half, I was like, oh, forget that. I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to have fun. Like, I just want to have fun. Let make yeah. it fun again. And so, uh, like, every match I would... I, I wouldn't want to do hold to hold anymore. I did t- like hold to hold eight and a half years. I don't want to do hold to hold anymore. It's so yeah. boring to me. And um, like to do it, like to watch people that are really good at it, it's fun to watch. But like, like I was just, I was fine at it. It was, it was serviceable, but it wasn't interesting. So I wouldn't excel at that. I liked thinking of new things. Um, so I would start matches with the jump start. Every match was a jump start. It's like, and it became a thing. Everyone knew. Uh, like, how do you want to start tonight? Jump start? Well, yeah. So like, it was just like the thing. It's like, I started every match with a leg layer, kick to the face or something, or an insiguri. Like, it was always an attack. I would do a flying attack on someone. Like, as soon as the bell rang or while the other person was getting announced, like, any way I could try to sneak it in, um, you know. So I, were you I'd a heel it. when you were a wrestler then? I was a baby face uh, for a bit, and then I turned heel on Joey Ryan. He was my tag partner. Mm-hmm. And then, That's Mike's favorite wrestler, by oh, the way. Oh, okay. Right Because <laughs> he touches himself in the ring? Yeah. Yeah, pretty right, much. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Mike's not on mic, so he can't answer. <laughs> uh, he just n- nodded yeah. violently. <laughs> He's so excited about it. Um, he doesn't have a mic to say that. He didn't do that. Um, and then so after I, uh, me and Joey split, I was the heel. Joey was the baby face. But I was getting baby face reactions. Because oh. um, I was, I, out of us two, I was the more technical wrestler. Uh, and, and then I was an asshole. So I was a better wrestler than an asshole. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's fun to watch. You know, so. Um, and and then so that's when I was trying to go for my, like, Shawn Michaels push there. Uh, so did you pose naked with a belt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. No one else saw me, but it was in my room. <laughs> uh, uh, and then uh, it, it, I was just essentially a tweener, uh, basically, oh. for the rest of my career. I always played the heel, but I always get mixed reactions. Oh. So what did you prefer? I like playing heel because I'm I'm a bit of a control freak. So it's <laughs> like uh, a lot of the a lot of my matches, like even when I was in tag, I was mm-hmm. I was I'm the one that plans the matches like like Joey would go, OK, just tell me what I'm doing. And then you go do Joey stuff. And uh, so but he knew it's it's what I like to do anyways. Like it didn't matter. He didn't really need to be there because he was going to think of something and I was going to try to think of a way to do whatever he thought of better. So he goes, you just do it, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, which which is good. It was good for me. I like doing it. Um, so yeah, they, usually that's that's kind of how it runs, like in the ring especially. Uh, the babyface isn't 
usually the one that dictates the pace of the match and how it's going. They can, if the face is the veteran and he knows how to control the heel, he can dictate the pace, but it's usually the other way around. The, the heel is the one that's observing the crowd and seeing how everything's going. Mm -hmm. Should it go faster? Should it go slower? Um, and then so uh, it left me in charge, which I like. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like it's more fun to be the heel also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You talk crazy crap to people. You don't need to worry about what people think of you because it's like you're the bad guy. You're, you're supposed to not like me. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like how I want to live my life. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and I just do like a Rick and Morty, like middle finger to everybody like in a circle. <laughs> That's my ideal life right there. I love Rick and Morty. It's so good. <laughs> We talked about how you got out of wrestling. How did you get into wrestling, or what uh, drew you towards it? I, I, I've watched, so there's three constants in my life. It's like basketball, wrestling, and comic books. Like Those are the three things that mm -hmm. have always have seemed to be around. Who's like, your basketball team then? Oh, uh, the Lakers. Okay, good yeah. job, good yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, those, those three things were, were comics. Uh, comics, I always liked comic books ever since I was a little kid because I loved art. Um, and uh, basketball and wrestling were always on the TV. Mm -hmm. So it was just like I grew up with it around. And then, like, when I, when I was a teenager, I think, like, s like 17, 17, 18-ish, I started um, <laughs> having backyard wrestling matches with my friends. <laughs> but it wasn't, like, crazy stuff. We weren't, like, cutting ourselves or anything yeah. like that. We were... It was like I would write the matches, yeah. and we would do the matches, yeah. and then we would record it, and then we'd go inside and we'd watch the matches, and it was fun. And um, one of the guys ended up bringing his best friend, who was super into wrestling also, and he actually wanted to be a pro wrestler, which I never thought of as a possibility. I just never even thought about it. And um, he goes, hey, man, you should really think about coming up to L.A. with me. My girlfriend found this flyer for Ultimate University, which mm. was UPW. That's where John Cena and Victoria, oh. that's where they trained. And... Um, I was like, all right, sure. So we went up one day in the middle of the week. We watched a, a practice, and uh, a lot of the guys um, were, were our size. Yeah. And, and uh, I was just like, oh, that's this is crazy. Because like, on TV, they're all giant. and They're uh, all like 6'5", 250 pounds. Yeah, like Bret Hart back in the day was like considered small. small. And he's like 6'2", I think. That's you know? insane. Right? 6'1", 6'2". And it's like he was one of the small guys, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. So, and um, but yeah, a lot of the guys in training, they were they were our size. Uh, my partner was like five seven, I'm five nine, and uh, we're like, oh man, we got to go do this now. And that's when we started training. And me and him uh, were like the only. There was another guy that was the, like, good, and then there was a couple people that were like half decent. And uh, one of my buddies, he had already trained a bit, and so he was also good, but we were the only ones that were excelling out of our starter class. Nice. And so we're like, hey, we're actually all right at this. You know, we're, we're pretty good. And so we just kept going, and then right away, like, we were getting a nice reaction from the fans and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess, um, how did you ever, uh, I know that you're one of the founders of PWG. Mm -hmm. Like, how did that come about? We just wanted more places to work. Yeah. Like a lot of the small indies, they were putting on a few shows, like maybe last a year or less or something, and then they would die. Yeah. And then we were like, we need more places to work. We're running out of places to work. Like everyone's, you know, everyone's fighting for, like we were always good. We didn't have to worry about our spots. Like cause we were popular in the SoCal area, but we're like we need to create something else. And, and I, a while back, I had thought of the idea of doing my own fed 
and it was going to be run at the uh, the marketplace. Everyone ran at the marketplace. You'd yeah. get these cheap starter feds, and they'd always start at the marketplace. And I was like, hey, we can do one of those. I know all these wrestlers. I could let them know, like, hey, no one will get paid more than the other. Um, whatever we make at the gate, we'll all split evenly. Like, we'll do the cost of the rental mm-hmm. of the area and the ring. And then everything after that, we'll all split equally. And then so some people were down for it. And then just kind of never came about. Um, but then Joey had mentioned, like, hey, we should actually do that. But, like, at a better venue, not with, like... So the hall in Reseda was a better venue? It didn't start there. Oh, it didn't start there? Yeah, yeah there's there's been some some dodgy venue. <laughs> 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 so uh, I think our first show was at um, Frankenson's. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, our very first show was at Frankenson's. Oh, where and, was that? Uh, it's in... Uh, the city of industry. City of industry. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but it, have you? Uh, it's, it's like a mini comic con every week. Yeah, oh. yeah just everyone sells comic books, toys. And then you would run a show out of there. Yeah, there was a big area that you could rent. There was a show AWS. They would oh. run uh, there, and and so we were like, oh, we could rent. We could yeah. rent this space out, and so we did for the very first show because we couldn't find anything else. Got it. And then our second venue was some other hall. And then that lasted one show, and it was, like, brutal. It was very hot. And then we ended up, funny enough, we ended up in the sweat box. That's what we called the, the third venue. We were there for quite a while. And then uh, we ended up eventually in Reseda. And, uh, yeah, it seemed good, you know, for, for what it was. And then were you living out here in San Diego while yeah. you were doing that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was driving every week. Yeah. yeah. Damn. At one point, I debated on moving up there. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, I hate L.A. <laughs> it's, it's too not much for traffic. everybody. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's too much uh, traffic. I'm like, I can't do it. It's yeah. Like, uh, that was what, it, it's not L.A., right? It's L.A. traffic. No, I should yeah. be more specific. Yeah. Because, um, like, I would drive up <laughs> like 10 at night thinking, all right, I'm going to skip all this traffic. No, you'll just hit it. Yeah, there's traffic <laughs> still. I'm all, why is there traffic right now? Yeah. I'm like, it is 1130. <laughs> like, That's happened that? at like 1130. And then I'm like coming home from Disneyland. And then I'm like, it's going to be fine. And then I'm like, what the hell am I sitting in? Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. And I was just like, I can't handle this. Yeah. Like San Diego, if, you, if you're from San Diego, you live in San Diego, you know the traffic patterns. Like, okay, between this time going north is awful. Yeah. So you just try not to do that unless yeah. you're going to work. And, that, and that's why everybody's on the freeway because they're going to work. Yeah. And it's just like when people are coming and going from work, that's when there's issues. Yeah. But that's it. And, and once you know that, you're, you're fine. Yeah. But L.A., it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, you're screwed almost all the time. Yeah. I saw a post from um, Kieran. Um, I forgot her last name. Kieran, we had her on the podcast yeah. a few mm-hmm. uh, last. She uh, runs a uh, Philam Fest. Yeah, yeah. And then I just was curious, like, what what has been the Filipino American, like San Diego support of like what you've been doing for? You know, it's it, I actually met Kieran um, at San Diego Comic Fest. It's a very small comic convention. It's it was started by the people who started the very first Comic Con, and I love that show. That's my favorite show, hmm. and uh, that was my very first show I had ever done. And it's like everyone there wants to buy comics. Like oh, that's what nice. they're there for. They're for, they're for comics and, and art. And uh, yeah, it's always it's always a great show. But I met her and her husband Ben there. Uh, ben came by with their kids, and I was just like, oh hey, you know, like he stopped and he's like, oh man, I really like your art and this and that. And then um, I had mentioned, I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, this is my book, The Second Shift. You know, it has Filipino brother and sister. He's like, oh no way. And then so I was telling him about it, and he was looking at his kids, and he's like, oh, what do you think, guys? What do you think? And they're just like, 
Eh. <laughs> like they're like, you know, little, they're, they're small, you know, whatever. They don't care about that. And so he's like, well, whatever, I'm into it. And so he bought all the books and, um, uh, he was walking by. We had these bundle packs from free comic book day that SoCal comics had given us. Cause we, we always uh, work with them closely. And then they're like, yeah, if someone buys books, you could give them these free, free comics. Right. And so I had like five of those. I'm like, oh, I want to get these out of my bag. I don't need these in my bag. Mm-hmm. But I saw Ben walking by and I was like, I flagged him down and I was like, Hey man, come here, come here. And then, so I gave him a bundle pack and I was like, Oh, what do you like? You know, cause I had like a Buffy bundle pack. And I was like, what do you guys <laughs> like more? You know? And then, uh, or DC. And, and so they, she took one of them and then she saw one of the characters. He has a uh, Bionni man. He has like a, something is similar to a Filipino sun on his shirt, but uh-huh. it's his logo. So like, like the rays of the sun, uh-huh. um, I, I broke them off into like two, cause they're like, um, kind of looks like a house, right? Okay. If, for people that don't know what the, the rays look like, they kind of look like a monopoly house. And then, oh, so, yeah, that is so it, uh, I put two of them together and turned it sideways and it makes a B. And then I even put those, the, uh, the ray lines that it has in it. So like I, I, I did that. So his, his Bionni man. So I created a B out of it. So she looked at it and she goes, Oh, and, and then I was just like, Oh yeah. And, and then Ben mentioned, Oh yeah, he's the one that has a Filipino character. She got super psyched. And then, so she was telling me about the Philam fest and she yeah. actually, uh, wants me to participate. Oh, nice. Um, so, so she said she's going to contact me soon about cool. it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Do you have any, um, I'm trying to think of other questions. <laughs> uh, I guess you know, it's funny. I, Knew you as a wrestler, obviously. Didn't know you were Filipino. Mm. You kind of made me tell. And it wasn't until I read Second Shift and I saw Filipino characters. Uh, I was like, I think I asked you why I messaged you. I think you did, yeah. yeah. I think I remember you said, you like, and we had already met. Yeah. And then you're like, dude, are you Filipino? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny, too, because my last year and a half, my gear actually has a Filipino flag. Like, I, ha- I wear a singlet style gear. And in between the shoulder blades on the back, it had the Filipino flag. Oh. And I always, because I always liked um, the the old 80s, 90s wrestlers. They would have, like, like the Japanese wrestlers would yeah. come over and they yeah. had the Japanese yeah. uh, flag on their trunks. And then same, like, um, I think the British Bulldogs, they had the, the Union, Union Jack, Jack on their trunks. And uh, even when they were working yeah. in Japan, they would specifically kind of like have a, you know, the Union Jack and stuff. Davy Boy still does that. Yeah, his, yeah. Love it. Yeah. And um, so I always thought that was cool. Like they actually had like a patch, like a, a Japanese patch. And I was like, or th- there was American wrestlers that would go to Japan. They would yeah. have the American patch. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I'm going to put the Filipino flag on mine. I'm like, yeah. this is sick. This is going to be cool. And then. Yeah, it's like it was funny too because like old redneck got a show. He's like, "Hey man, what's that patch on your back?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you, you're old. You should know what a Filipino flag is." But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but they're rednecks, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what's been your? Um, this is gonna be hard, but like, what's your favorite memory? Like wrestling, or because you talked about how. You wrestled Muda, and then you did a a poster of Muda. Yeah. And then like did, we, did I talk about that on the pod, or was that before the that pod? That was before. before. We, so we were, okay. you were mentioning that, and then like so in comparison to like your wrestling career and then your comics career, like what has been the highlight for you? The, okay, so just just for the podcast listeners, so I I do um, freelance work for a uh, uh, it's called Pro Wrestling Loot. And so I do wrestling-related art on there. And so I have 
had uh, Bret Hart, Jake the Snake, uh, Great Muda. Like, they've all signed, like, giant pieces of mine. Uh, and the, the guy that does the pro wrestling loot, he would send me that stuff. So, so seeing that stuff is super exciting. Uh, I actually wrestled Great Muda, and that was probably the highlight of my wrestling career, I would say. Um, it's like, you know, if you don't know, he's like equivalent to like a Japanese Hulk Hogan. And so it's just like, oh, I could be done now if I wanted <laughs> to, right? And what was super cool about that was uh, before the show, um, I met him, and then he asked me to, to get my partner. And then so I walked up with, I left, I walked up with Joey, and I was like, oh, this is my partner. And he looked at both of us, he looked at Joe, and he looked at me, he goes, you, all spots. <laughs> so, so he chose me to do all the spots with. Um, and so that was, uh, that was, was that intimidating or were you no, like friggin' rad? Oh. <laughs> it's, it was like, it was like him going, Oh, you're clearly more competent. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, sorry, uh, Joey, but I'm going to do this. I was, like, I was like, whatever, man, <laughs> this, this is all for me. Did um, you get misted? Yeah, I got, oh. I got everything. I got the shining wizard. I got the mist. Um, I got the dragon screw. So a fun story about the dragon screw is um, he was trying to signal me that he was going to do the dragon screw. He was working my leg. And then he picked me up and he grabbed my leg and he did like this knee jerk, but it kind of felt like he lifted it up when he did it. So I took a back bump. Mm -hmm. And because like, oh, he's pulling me off my, fa uh, uh, off my feet, right? And then so he did it three times and <laughs> that was not his intent. So on the <laughs> third one, he picked up and he leaned real close and he goes, Dragon screw, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, How I was do like, you not laugh. I don't understand. Uh, I was terrified. I was like, oh, I've been fucking up one of his <laughs> things this whole time, right here. And then so I was like, that was awesome, and I feel bad, uh, but we did it and it came off good. And so like, I think I think it it comes off fine in the match because as soon as you like my reaction time back then was really good. So every time you would do the the leg lift or the jerk. I would instantly bump very, very quickly. It's like, oh, I'm going to move as fast as possible for uh -huh. him to make him look like he's destroying me. Um, so that was just that was a fun, fun part of the match. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Oh, and uh, comics wise, uh, comics wise, I would say the highlight for for comics. I haven't had a high high like that. It's mm -hmm. like I'm still trying to build my comics name up. Mm -hmm. I think I've only been tabling like six years, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a lot of time um but i would say it's getting it's getting fan fan email like mm. people writing letters and saying uh I, I just got one recently uh it was a guy who, i went to phoenix phoenix was the first show i did phoenix uh fan fusion and a guy picked up all the books and um i hadn't mentioned the filipino brother and sister he's, he's a white guy and uh, I, hadn't, I didn't mention that and i'll usually mention it if the person looks Filipino and then like I'll still, I'll still kind of fill it out too um, so but but anyway he's, he's a white guy so I didn't mention it right mm -hmm. and then for some reason he brought up his wife being Filipino like that got brought up somehow like maybe I brought it up maybe he brought it up but I was like oh well just so you know there's a Filipino brother and sister in the comic then he got super excited about it and I was just like awesome man he, and I'm like well I'm excited for you and your wife to read the books 
And so he emailed me a, a couple weeks ago and he was just like, I'm sorry it took me so long to, to respond, uh, to email you. He goes, but I lost your card and I couldn't find it. I just found it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he was just really going into detail what he liked about the book. And it was like deep cut stuff. It was just like, I really like this. I really like the character interaction. And I like that you had mentioned that you were an X-Men fan and I could really feel those those hits, those X-Men hits in there, like late 80s, early 90s, I could really feel it. And I really liked that part of it. And he goes, you got a lot of good action. I love the art and the writing. And he goes, but you could, what I like the most is the character, the character interaction, like the the development of those characters and how they how they talk to each other. And, and I was like, man, this is all the stuff that I'm trying to convey to people. Like, these are the things I like about comics. And the fact that all of those things were hitting with him, it was like very fulfilling. It was very rewarding. So when you're feeling like as a creator, it's like, oh man, it's such a grind to do these conventions. It's like, you have to try to stop people and, and convince them, hi, I'm a stranger. You should buy my product. You yeah. know, it's like, it's very difficult. And then, so when you finally get someone to do it and they, they touch like, like all of the things that you love about being a creator. And when they read it, it's like, oh man, this is truly satisfying. Yeah. And it gives you a, a boost, you know, yeah. it, if you're feeling down or just kind of tired, it, it really boosts you back up. To keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've done that at like different random like bookstores. If I've seen like a comic that's um, Filipino, I will like run the table and I will buy like all the editions. So like I encourage people listening to this. <laughs> if you go to a comic book show and you see accidental aliens or Scott Lost there <laughs> tabling, run the table and buy all the comics that he yes. has for sale. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's awesome and he's rad and his stories are amazing. I do remember that when you hit him up, hit Scott up, Birdo, about um, second second mission, right? second shift, second shift. Yep. Um, that you had mentioned to me, like, hey, this character's Filipino, and I think I read, I I just went into it. I'm like, okay, I'll just pick it. I'll look at it, and then I was like. I really like this story. I hope yeah. this goes somewhere. I really, I was like, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> everybody watch, everybody read this. <laughs> everybody, everybody read it. Everybody buy it. <laughs> everybody gives God your money is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. And, I, and I'm doing another book too. So I'm, I try to do, I'm doing two books at once and like kind of a, a third book will be like a short story. Um, but I do another book. It's called Wanderers of Melisanda. Um, and you guys probably heard me pitching this at the booth. It's uh, to people. It's, a thousand years in the future, we start colonizing other planets and we come across the planet Melisanda where the meteor never hit. And then so the dinosaurs of that world survived and evolved. And uh, it's about two dominant species trying to coexist on one planet. And that never goes well. Yeah. I'm very excited. I picked it up. I can't wait to read it. The cover is awesome because it's like a dude who looks like he's a warrior and he has like um, armor on, but then he has like Nike sneakers yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I altered the sign because I was like, oh, I don't want to get sued or anything. I have no but money. They're they're <laughs> Nike esque, but yeah. not necessarily. They're trainers. They look like <laughs> they look like Air Force Ones. They are uh, actually the Bruce Lee, uh, Kobe Bruce Lee editions. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they are not uh, those. No, shoes. they're not. <laughs> and Nike. the character has like Arnie sticks, so like that is cool. Yeah. Oh, I um, noticed the his uh, shoulder armor. It oh, looks yeah. like the sun. Yeah, so I altered. Uh, so it, since it's a thousand years in the future, it's uh, I amalgamized all languages. So there's some Tagalog, there's some Japanese in there, and there's some uh, going to be some Chinese and made-up language as well. Nice. And then so it's just going to be like this amalgam language that they speak on. The, it's like not all the time, but it's yeah. just, you know, like like Spanglish or something, right? Yeah. Like you just kind of mix it in. Cool. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so I, uh, like since it's been so long, I, I started altering the Filipino sun. So it was just like, uh, it's a circle and then the rays are broken off into their own pieces as opposed to it being together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're just broken off. And that's kind of where I, when I was coming up with that design, it initially was for Bionni Man uh, oh. for his logo on the chest. Cause like, I didn't want it to be too cheesy where it's just like the big Filipino, your whole, his yeah. whole gear is just the Filipino <laughs> flag, you know, like what you, what you traditionally see. Um, and, and so I was just like, you know what, I want to, I want to switch it up. So I created that, that sun. But then I, I was like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I, it just didn't feel right with him. And then, but since I had the rays broken up, that's when I got the idea of turning them sideways and making a bee out of it. And, uh, but then I was like, I want to use that for something. And I thought it was perfect for Wanderers. Cool. Everybody get that too. <laughs> Buy all the things. Buy um, anything that he has because yeah. we want to support. And uh, you can Filipino go to uh, accidentalaliens.com. That's my studio site. And if you go there, you can do accidentalaliens.com forward slash shop. Or pretty much if you just go on the site, it's like on the main page. So you'll you'll be able to find all that stuff. Yeah. Cool. What's the question that you're asking everybody at the end of the show? Oh, well, it's different because you're actually a wrestler because we've been asking people like, oh, what would your wrestling theme song be? <laughs> was, what uh, would your wrestling? Oh, uh, what was it then? It was <laughs> a Moment of Clarity by Jay-Z. Nice. And um, I, I always liked it. Like the intro is really, I actually had uh, one of my friends alter the intro. Uh Cause like there's a buildup in the song, and and there's a part of there's a part in the beginning where it says turn the lights down low. Um, it's like turn up the mic, turn the lights down low, and then uh, there's a part where he goes whoop and he does his like Jay Z noise. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I had my buddy cut that to to the beginning, and I always want like in my head I'd always see it at like I wanted them I wanted like the the promotions to do it yeah like when he says turn the lights down i wanted the lights to go yeah, down okay and then so when he go whoop the lights would come back on and then it would go you know thank god for granting Got me it. this moment of clarity and that's like when the insurance how started. many times did that actually happen though never not once <laughs> <laughs> not even in the, in the fed that i owned a part of um and i always like this like the song's awesome if you guys haven't heard that song find it it's on the jay-z black album moment of clarity and it's just i kind of like the idea Cause like my name's Scott Loss. Like it, it's it's because my tag team was the Lost Boys when I first started. That's where it oh. comes from. But I like the idea of the word lost. Like you're lost, you're confused, or whatever. And then you have this moment of clarity. So I always loved that. It's like poetic Get in a way. So awesome. yeah. yeah. I also came out to when I was a face. I came out to uh, somebody save me. The Smallville by uh, <laughs> Remy Zero. Yeah. I came out to that because I was kind of a rocker. Like when we were in the X Foundation. Uh, we we're kind of like rocker-esque yeah so i would do the run around and hit all the high fives and stuff and nice. then slide in the ring and high energy and just be tired by the time <laughs> i got into the ring you know, yeah. like, I can't yeah, do this I anymore. Like, oh that was a huge mistake i shouldn't have done that it was awful yeah. <laughs> so, i had like i think four songs or something and there was like uh oh man joey th we had a i think renegades of funk uh, uh rage was, against the machine rage against yeah. machine and then oh shoot we had a weird one uh, as the dynasty, we had a weird tag tag music. I can't, I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, so. well, thank you very much for doing <laughs> this. I have no other things because this has been amazing. Right on. And yeah. I'm really excited that this is going to be a crossover between TFAL and PNG. Um, we're Filipino, so I'm only going to say acronyms and not explain them all because that's <laughs> how this works. And we talk in acronyms. Um, thank you so much. We're 
Again, where can people find you, Scott? Uh, on social media, you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Scott Lost. Uh, or on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash, I think it's just Scott Lost. Um, and uh, Accidental Aliens. Uh, and if you go to Accidental Aliens first, there's all of our pictures there. If you click on my picture, all of my social media is attached to that. Cool. And Birdo? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brainiac the MC. And you can find the PNG Podcast on Instagram at PNG Podcast. And Justin is going to use Birdo's mic, and that's why he wasn't on for the rest of it, because <laughs> we couldn't hear him. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Justin Malari on Instagram and Justin underscore Malari on Twitter. Uh, and I also host another show for the uh, Geek Say What Network called Geek Offensive. Uh, subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts. Can I base your performance on those podcasts off of this podcast? Uh, yeah, I'm just really quiet for an hour and a half on every show. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you guys just stare at each other. Yes. And then the guest just gets like like panicky and just starts rambling on. You just hear like rustling as they're leaving and that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where can they find you, Mike? What? <laughs> Completely thrown off and surprised. That was producer Mike, guys. Pew, pew, pew. Hi. That was him. He was right there. Uh, you can find uh, this Filipino growing life, this Filipino American life t- at TFAL podcast and this Filipino American life.com. And that was this. And thank you so much. Uh, we're at San Diego Comic Con 2019. And I guess that's it. We're out. Special thanks to our executive producer, JPG, owner of the Geek Say What Network. Shout out to Paws of the Homegrown Blends crew for our theme music and Vincent Collier for the PNG artwork. Thank you to our official sponsor, Doe and Arrow, a female-owned cookie and coffee shop in Costa Mesa. They are located at 3033 Bristol Street, and you can find them on Instagram at Doe and Arrow. Another special thanks to Jordan Denae, the eco-friendly geek apparel and lifestyle company. You can visit jordandenae.com at Jordan, D-E-N-E, and use the code GeekSayWhat, all one word, for 20% off your next purchase, and check out Jordan and Liz on the Sartorial Geek Podcast. We're recording at Echo Base, a.k.a. Whalen Productions, an award-winning production company for short films, documentaries, and audio dramas. Please check out our associate producer at Wayland.ws and support the audio and visual arts. This is the PNG Podcast tagging in your inner wrestling geek, and we're just one part of the Geek Say What Network. So please make sure to check out our sister podcast, Ready, Set, Geek, your starting line to geek culture with Alex Catherine. Geek Offensive, bridging the gap between bro and geek with producer Justin. Geek KO, our geek trivia podcast run by Justin Madriaga. Diverse Geeks in Focus, focusing on marginalized issues in geek culture with Gemma Vidal. Nerds on a Roll, an actual play podcast building meaningful stories through tabletop gaming with a cast of recurring characters. These are all on their own RSS feeds, so make sure to subscribe to each one and don't forget to visit our website, geeksaywhat.com. You can follow our entire network on social media at geeksaywhat, and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PNG Podcast. (laughs) 